0: Hi everyone, it's David Wheeler at and Wanderers and you're listening to the and Wanderers Show. Welcome to the latest edition of the and Wanderers Show. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas and uh, Boxing Day, of course. Uh, if you went to the extra game, obviously uh, disappointing result. Uh, looking ahead to uh, late Norham, we'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield uh, in this hour as well. Uh, thanks to the and Wanderers Ex-Players Association, we'll bring you a compilation of uh, some of the, uh, well most in fact, nearly all, of uh, uh, the former Wickham Wanderers stars who we've spoken to this season so far, including uh, many who uh, we've been marking the 30th anniversary of gaining promotion to the Football League. That's coming up. Also, uh, we'll be uh, catching up with Craig, who's got the latest from Wickham Wanderers women for us as well. Uh, but first, uh, very pleased to uh, welcome to the studio uh, Bob, who is the chairman of the Wickham Wanderers Supporters Trust. Uh, thank you so much for uh, coming in. And uh, we'll, we'll explain why you're here in a couple of moments' time. But first, Obviously, it's a really important uh, time for uh, the Trust. Your are new, newly elected chairman yourself.
1: Yes, took over 1st of December from Nigel Kingston. Big tribute to him for all the hard work he did. And I've sort of agreed to take it on on the basis that um, we've been in slightly less choppy waters now. So happy on that basis, as it were, to be captain of the ship for a while. But I am supported by six other board directors and very pleased that that is the case.
0: And Rob Keogh, obviously someone who you liaes closely with as well.
1: Yeah, get on really well with Rob. Obviously, he's over here at the moment. it uh, be interesting to see uh, what he's uh, thinking about all the, uh, the seeming lack of form at the moment. Um, but I'm sure he's uh, keeping a positive note about things. And, yeah, I'll have a good relationship with him and hopefully continuing on with the good relationship that he has with the Supporters Trust.
0: And obviously, as mentioned, that the Trust has a real key part to play in, in the, sort of the, the future of the club as well. Obviously, the ownership too.
1: Yeah, less so than we did have because, as you know, we had our share diluted by from 25% to 10%. Um, but the great thing about that is that we no longer sort of, as it were, had that sort of Damocles hanging over us, whereby we might be asked to contribute via a cash call. Um, we're immune from that for the future. So that 10% share, uh, we maintain that. Uh, we still have two uh, directors on the representing the supporters' trust, the supporters on the main club board, and we um, also represent the fans in terms of the uh, contributing to the way that the club is run. And can through those board directors on the main club board from the trust, we can have an influence on the way this, the club is run. And also, crucially, we we of course the supporters are still. And forevermore, hopefully, we'll, uh, we own the uh, Adams Park Stadium 100%. That's 100% owned by the supporters. And I think that's pretty unique uh, in football in all four divisions.
0: And really nice to kind of shine a light, if that's the right expression, on the, on the great work the Trust does uh, on the club. Because I guess a lot of fans don't get to hear, hear or see
1: about it. Well, we've got uh, 1,500 or so members now, young and old. We want to attract more. Um, we feel that it's an important part of the club. I think it helps maintain and uh, continue the community family uh, aspect of the club um, we would like to see more of the uh, existing supporters uh, join the trust obviously but also it's a, way, a, a another example really of that Wickham doing not only what goes on on the pitch but also uh, away from the uh, the actual main football action. There's the, the, the trust also looks after the women's section, and you're going to be hearing from Craig later on. Um, but we also have a liaison, for example, with the Wick and Wanderers Foundation. We do um, lots of uh, other work within the community, and it's all a way of spreading the word that you know Wick and Wanderers is not just for football fans. It's there for the whole family. It's there for the whole community, and you know, the more people we can get along to games and sort of help grow the club and continue its success. I know there's a bit of a blip at the moment, but overall the trajectory is on the up and the trust is a very important part of that sort of umbilical if you like with the local community and maintaining that uh, spirit that we've had even since the non-league days when I first started going to Wickham, um, where we're seen as a very much an integral part of the community and part of the Wickham Wanderers family very much a family club
0: I think that's something that really stands out isn't it especially you know in in more recent times going to the playoff final and and just like the whole see the whole town getting behind the club and and as you say a real sense of community especially during the pandemic as well
2: yeah
1: I, I think I was originally recommended to go along to uh, Wickham 30-something years ago when my lad was about four or five. When I was a kid, I supported Leeds United. Don't shout it out too loud. (laughs) But at the time, they were the sort of the the, the man United or Liverpool of their day. Um, But when my son came to a certain age, I thought, well, I can't inflict that on him. And I wasn't going to go up to Leeds. But um, we thought about going to QPR, as so many people do, you know, go look at a bigger club up in the smoke, as it were. Um, but a neighbour recommended going along to Adams Park and we came along, loved the atmosphere there, loved the sort of friendliness of the place and the fact that it didn't feel like, you know, the players were detached and apart from us. They were very much there, you could go up and talk to them. I remember when we won promotion to the uh, Football League, the picture on the front of the Bucks Free Press was a picture of my son uh, with Jason Cousins um uh, you know sort of touch slightly bewildered sort of four or five year old you would have been at the time sort of touching the um, touching the trophy that sort of went us up and I can't think there's been many places you could go to with your young boy you know lads and their dads and have that kind of memory um, there's been so many you know whether it's I think the one that really stands out in my mind is the sort of FA Cup run um, you know when we went to Selhurst Park and the Wimbledon game and I can't remember you know Penal on penalties and, you know, last gasp equalisers and, you know, penalty shootout and everything else. And I remember I knew gone to a good game with that game because I ended up sort of cuddling and jumping up and down with an old chap next to me. And um, to this, I've never seen him before. I've never seen him since. But, you know, jumping up and down, hugging some strange man <laughs> and crying. And my lad was crying as well. It was a it was a great day. Similar scenes at Leicester. I could tell you another story about that because we ended up in the uh, the Leicester end but that was fine and it was uh, right in front of the Roy Essendale goal uh, you know the League Cup run It's there's been so, Wembley there's been so many memories so many fantastic times over the years and uh, you know I look forward to to, to the next um, you know run of form where we have those sort of memories to build on again and how did you evolve them with the trust start? oh well, that's a question um I think it was when I sort of was coming along and and I saw that they were looking for people to stand for the board. Um, At the time, I was sort of thinking about sort of winding down my TV career because I worked in television for 30 something years and I was looking for something else to sort of get stuck into. So it felt like, you know one of those things we sort of put up or shut up and I thought well why not Uh, so I spoke I remember speaking to Trevor at some length Trevor Stroud the then chairman and owner and then he sort of encouraged me to stand um, got elected and then of course we had the whole sort of ownership thing because the club was 100 percent owned by the supporters then um, but was in a spot of financial bother was losing best part of a million quid say a year um, and it couldn't go on like that so the, the 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 task was there to have to try and find new investment and that's what we set out to do and under the sort of uh, captaincy of Trevor um, we managed to do that very successfully in the end with with, with the COIGs coming in So tell
0: us a bit about the QBC monthly draw
1: Well we've been doing this now gosh, uh, Alan's not here today because he's poor, a bit poorly he's been taken off to hospital with a poorly eye but I hope he's listening um, but um, I think it's about two and a bit years that we've been doing this now is raised money to raise money for the trust the trust raises money for two main reasons one is to uh, make sure that there's a kind of like a fighting fund should anything ever go wrong at the uh, at the club heaven forbid um, but it means that we, we've got the stadium and we've got a bit of a sort of an insurance financial insurance policy to sort of continue a professional uh, Wickham a team in Wickham um, but also it's to pay for money to the club for fan-facing projects, whether it's sort of refurbishment of the toilets, whether it's better kiosks, uh, could be uh, contribution to um, painting around the stadium, that sort of thing, which obviously goes on as well with with our volunteers that also come under the trust. Um, So, yeah, so projects that sort of enhance the matchday experience at at, um, Adams Park, um, but also to make sure that should anything go terribly wrong, there is a bit of a a fighting fund up uh, there so that Wickham Wanderers could start up again the very next day, bearing in mind that we also own the stadium. Um, so, yes, the QBC so raises money for that. Uh, we've, we're now up to, I think, about... We sell about sort of 1,200, 1,300 balls uh, uh, for the Quarters Ball Club. And the way it works is that um, uh, 50% of the takings goes to the uh, fundraising part of the trust, um, then uh, 40% is the guaranteed amount uh, that is uh, won by that month's uh, – b- the, the owner of the ball that is drawn from the bag, which we're going to do in a moment. And then 10% of the money taken goes towards the rollover fund. And if the uh, jackpot isn't won – the jackpot is won b- because we have a quarter's ball. You can't see it on radio, but we have a quarter's ball. Blue the, the light blue and dark blue quarters, that goes in the bag. If that is drawn first, then the jackpot is one. So at the moment, with all the rollovers we've had, uh, the jackpot is standing at seven thousand and something pounds i think uh, seven
0: thousand and forty four pounds and sixty pence
1: which is uh, quite a sum amount um if the blue ball isn't drawn first then the first orange ball that's drawn out the winner of that will be uh, gets a guaranteed amount which is over 900 pounds this month so 922 pounds 40 from memory
0: that is correct yes and uh, in a perfect illustration of uh, the comedy rule of three where you create a pattern and then you break it with something unexpected uh, to do the draw in, in recent times you've had uh, <laughs> music and uh, star of stage and screen Suzanne Shaw yep. who's also in the Panther Wickham Swan Paralympian Naomi Riches and then the Wickham Wonder show is uh, very proud to be yeah, that next who've you got in future do you know?
1: Well, it's a question of sort of getting out of context, but I mean, I was lucky enough to do, if, if some of your listeners are, are old enough like me, to remember the original sort of pop reality show before X Factor mm. and The Voice um, was a show called Pop Stars, which created the band called Hearsay, and Suzanne was in that, and I was the producer of that. So, and she's local. My daughter babysat for her uh, when she was living in Hazelmere. Um, and it's very showbiz. Yeah, well, well, sorry, it's a bit kadunk. It's, it doesn't need to be. But Suzanne's a, a dear friend um, and her husband's also uh, into himself. He's a commercial director uh, down at Plymouth Argyle, cool. so very much in a football family. Um, so that was someone who I knew. Naomi uh, came to uh, do the sort of prize-giving, sports prize-giving, which we had last year at Wickham – no, earlier this year at Wickham High School, which is where in my sort of uh, – reluctance to sort of retire completely <laughs> i've been sort of um uh, helping out at uh, wickham high school and we created their uh, wickham high tv which is britain's only student-led school tv channel and naomi came along and did the prize giving for that and so she, seen as she's a marlowe based um gold medalist olympic paralympic rower she seemed an, an obvious choice to sort of do the next one i have asked vernon because he lives he, again I know, I know tess and vernon really well from our uh, beaconsfield days and tess and i worked on shows together in the past and there's a few others to sort of to 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 go at sort of there's quite a rich area yes. uh, around here in terms of um uh, celebrities to sort of uh, ask to take part but if anyone wants to sort of follow in the footsteps of your good self then <laughs> a, then a term, hard act to follow yes, yes. I know but wh- wh- why not let's go for it
0: <laughs> fantastic so yes just ex- uh, you have explained how it works so uh, do I need to uh, I need to
1: do my delving and mixing up the balls yeah now? I'm going to I'm actually going to video this if that's okay of so course. hopefully I won't be too far off mic. <laughs> But yes, so Colin, I'm going to come round you and make you a, a TV star as well as a radio star.
0: They, people say I have a face for radio, so I'm sure you, okay. can, you can work on this. Well,
1: there's the, if you put part of the expression, there's the bag of balls. You there is like a bag of balls. Grab that, oh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not too far away from the microphone. Can you hear the balls? And if you'd like to give them all a big shuffle.
0: Shuffling the balls.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Deep down, deep down, so we
0: that's a good shuffle.
1: Okay, and then here, the quarter ball is the magic quarters ball. Hence the name QBC Quarters Ball Club. And there we are. See light and dark blue quarters. Doesn't really work for radio, but the <laughs> video will be on the trust website shortly. Uh, and if you'd like to then put that in the ball, in the bag. <laughs> I
0: just and think Suzanne and Naomi your have done hand this. As well.
1: out, and then put your hand in again. Give a big shuffle round.
0: This is real drama this bit. We should have more of a sound effect, shouldn't we? Of them?
1: Well, hopefully this is picking up somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. Oh, you picked one out. OK, that'll do. The number is, let's have a look at that, 227. Do you want to 227, say that yes. Right? yes. Two- 227. It's an orange ball. Fantastic. Thank you, Colin. Now, I think what we're going to do, if with your permission, we're going to try, I'm going to get hold of Alan, who hopefully isn't still at... Um, in hospital yes um, he's got the spreadsheet with all the all the uh, people's details on it and um, if you are in the draw at uh, 227 you might want to get near your phone now because we're <laughs> going to phone you hopefully hopefully we can uh, well who knows but let's surprise you with the fact that you've won what was the amount again 922 pounds and 40p
0: that will certainly make someone's christmas slash new year Thank you,
1: Colin. Hopefully we'll speak to the winner in a couple of moments'
0: time here at Wickham Sound. Second part of the Wickham Wonder show still to come. We'll hopefully be chatting to the winner of the QBC monthly draw, this be fun, won't it? Um, extra glamour and showbiz. Uh, on the show this evening, we'll hear from Craig uh, from wickham women. Women. Uh, they've got some uh, uh, new fixtures released and we'll bring you uh, news of the second part of their season as well. Uh, we'll chat more to Bob as well, who's the chairman of the wickham Supporters' Trust. We'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield speaking after the game at Exeter on Boxing Day and looking ahead to the trip to Leighton Orient tomorrow night. Quite exciting, isn't it? Doing a show on the eve of uh, *Wicked wanderers when the next action? But first, if you're a regular listener to the show, you'll know uh, that uh, each week, almost without fail, thanks to the *Wicked Wanderers* uh, Ex Players Association, we speak to a uh, former uh, wanderer who uh, has played perhaps in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, uh, the 80s, or even uh, perhaps more recently. And uh, since the start of the season, we've spoken to quite a few. I
3: think I think what made it unique was.
2: Obviously, the timing of the goal. You know, people go long times and score goals. I think it was Lloyd Doyle, I think it went for, I can't remember how long, but he went for for years without scoring and they scored a goal. But I think it was just like the the occasion, the sending off, the ebb and the flow of the game. Obviously, me not scoring. It was the last kick of the game. It just all kind of <laughs> rolled into that one, just made it even more special, I think. Um, yeah. And then obviously, there was uh, the t shirts that kind of, Needed to be um, remade after this, the exit game when I went and scored again, which was quite <laughs> funny. Kind of ruined the club's um, idea of you know making all this money from selling T-shirts. Um, and then yeah, and then obviously yeah, it's something that everybody pulls me about who's a Wickham fan, and even sometimes not even Wickham fans. I've got a couple of Carlisle fans that always come up to me and and they and they, they, they tell me about that goal as well. So it's
4: Kind of like yeah, etched into folklore, I suppose.
5: Sutton <laughs> United away from home is one of my, they're definitely one of my top five games as a manager at Wickham and, and and maybe even higher up than that. We had the experience of beating Kidderminster a couple of years earlier in the um, in the FA Trophy, and we desperately wanted to get back to Wembley. We we're in the semi final. We didn't play well in the, in the in the first game. They beat us at Adams Park, and um, but the crowd itself, our supporters, turned out in big big numbers. The um, stadium was packed to the to the rafters at uh, at Sutton, and the players were so up for the game that you knew in the dressing room beforehand that, that we would do it. Matty Crosby scored twice, and we were absolutely fantastic. Of course, Keith got them back from injury. That was a big plus for us, and that that day, that afternoon, was something I would I, I would never
6: forget. It was really great, and then to go on to win at Wembley then and complete the double was terrific. I've come across Brian because of uh, his his situation at Bisham Abbey. I got into the England squad and Great Britain squad and we went there to train every... it felt like every other day <laughs> to be honest but uh, we, we, we trained there and I got to know him from that and then uh, when uh, things started to get to beside him where I really wanted to end up I thought well uh, I was impressed by his uh, performance at Bisham Abbey. And then at Wickham they started to look the business, side so it was great to go there.
7: The thing I remember from the promotion season was the was actually the rivalry with Yeovil at the time, and uh, you know they were they seemed to like to beat us. I think we had them in a, a cup competition. I think they beat us home and away, but we ended up being about 30, well a fair few points ahead of them, didn't we? A hundred and something points. I remember us being relentless. I remember us going to places and being absolutely relentless and so much better than everybody else. And I remember playing... There were some players that played that season against us. Les Les Ferdinand played for Hayes against us that season. Ian Dowie played that season for Hendon, I think, against us. I
5: remember feeling that, oh, blimey, this is easy. Without sounding arrogant, it was a different level, obviously. I'd come from second division and... at Carlisle and then down to Blackpool in the third division. So I think we played someone like Maidstone at home and I scored in a, a friendly. I think that's the only real memory other than getting thumped at home by, I think it was Barnett, on the sloping pitch. And that was a, a bit of an eye-opener, to be honest.
8: I never got tempted away. I was a little bit unfortunate getting injuries during that period. I'm pretty sure if I'd have if I'd
2: have stayed fit and, and clear of injury, I might well have moved on and, and, and played at a different different level and for a different team. But my circumstances over my
8: 17 year journey were that every time my contract was due for renewal, I was happy to sign it. They were happy to to offer me one. Wigan were happy to offer me one. And um, yeah, I, I just felt that it was a sort of a, a marriage made in heaven in some ways. Um, I was fairly local. I was living in Amersham when I first started playing for, for for Wickham, and then I, you know, when I moved out of my parental home, I was local all the time. And um, yeah, it's just been yeah a, a really
2: good coming together, and uh, I enjoyed every minute of it.
6: I think we played Walthamstow Avenue when Jim Lewis was playing. The old Jim Lewis was playing centre forward for them. And the one thing I do remember is that um, Walthamstow went down the field, Jim Lewis got the ball, whacked it, passed, I think Ken Brown was involved at the time, Past the goalie, hit the metal stauncheon at the back of the net, and Ken caught it. He thought he had hit the bar, he threw it out, and play continued, and the ref didn't realise it had gone in the net. And all the Walthamstow players were going mad, we went down the other end of the field and I believe it was Len Worley scored a goal. And uh, that that sticks in my mind like anything. It was definitely,
8: a, I'd like to say, a family-orientated family, or family, family orientated club in terms of, you know, it wasn't just about, like I say, we had such a good connection with the fans, you know, with ourselves. i like to say, off-the-pitch off things that we did, the team-building things we've done. I've done them probably in pre-season before, but never, like... You know, throughout the season, you know, we obviously we went to we went to France and all them kind of things. But we carried it on, and and uh, it was re- it was really really good. And I think it did help. It absolutely did help. And um, you know, like the young lads coming into the changing rooms and all that kind of stuff, it can be a little bit nervous, and you want to try and make them feel as relaxed as you can. And I'm sure Bloom's is, is carried on that trend uh, in his own managerial style because I know if
6: I ever. If I ever go on and look enough to become a manager, I know it's something that I'll take forward with me.
7: And weirdly enough, with the first time he went, Martin, the gaffer, I shouldn't call him Martin, the gaffer, said, um, enjoy it because you don't know when it's going to happen again. And, and I enjoyed the second one more than the first one because... The first time, you know, obviously, it was the Twin Towers, and it wasn't as it is now. You know, it's a Magnificent Stadium now, but it, I think then it was iconic. And then the first one in '91, as you come out, all you saw was a little bit of blue, and then as you got closer, it just went bigger and bigger and bigger. And they were the things that stuck out in '91. But the, the game, sort of, the game was just it was gone. Whereas in '93, when we went there, you could take it all in a little bit more. You know, we went to the went to Wembley again, but you, but you took everything in. So it it was a it was a more enjoyable moment.
8: The other thing that we, we don't talk about too much is, the, is, is Adams Park. Um, when we moved from Lokes Park to Adams Park, the fact that we were moving from a pitch that was on a, a gradient next to a hospital to a flat pitch, that it, it was almost like moving to a Wembley as our own stadium. And to be fair, the pitch 90% of the time was in fantastic condition and i'm sure that played a part in in the way we played because we enjoyed playing football as well and the players that we had who were who were pushing forward were great at having great services to 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 provide and score goals i remember one game i think we lost the um we lost at home northwich victoria and i gave the ball away and they scored their goal and and um i remember walking in the dressing room after the game and steve Wolford came up to me and said um you better go and apologize to the gaffer you know martin and I was like, what? He said, no, do yourself a favour, go and apologise. Because he said, why did you, you know, and, and that's fine. I went in and knocked on the door and I spoke to Martin. And he explained to me and I said, look, Martin, I, I you know, I should have made a better decision, made a better choice in such a crucial point of the game. And, you know, sometimes I think back, I think maybe that's what got me to cut final place. Heidi
5: was one of my best pals. You know, he, 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 he's an incredible uh, goalkeeper, probably the best I've seen in my career and that and that's saying something, to be honest. But he was an outstanding guy as well. Uh, just a beautiful him which attracted me straight away. But if I mean the, uh, the only one time that I actually went out with a guy, I probably hadn't talked to me, but my nickname was Pilot Light, because I never went out. <laughs> uh, well, I was a family man basically. But eventually they uh, got me to go out with him and hide him with my mind. Be like, so because he's a big guy. always <laughs> well, we choose the big guys to look after me
7: on a night out. Going professional was a big step in my life, and it you know, really changed things. I mean, um, we we had a I went to the conference. We had a, a football tour to Falaraki in uh, in Greece on the roads, and uh, we all bonded out there again. And everybody decided to sort of like stay along uh, at Wickham and make sacrifices with jobs and everything else, and. Then when we come back for the training ground, a totally new development for Martin and all of us at Homer Green and everyone else. We had to sort the training facilities out, which was very raw and bordering and not that professional, but we made it work. And uh, as a team, looking at where Wiccan Wanderers are now, they're firmly, firmly in people's thoughts all the time now by getting into the championship and um, to be quite honest with you. They only needed, was it, a point to stay up. And and the, the amount of points that they lost on the last minute of the game in the first 10 games, any one of them wins would have kept them up in the championship. That would have been a huge, huge ordeal to be in the championship. But to survive and be a first division team as long as they've been now is... Testament to the club and the way they run the, the books and the, the way they run the club now it's fantastic absolutely fantastic
6: we wouldn't do any set pieces and all he done was motivated the players and every single player that played in that team every week knew that to do the business or they weren't in the team the following week so all the other stuff tactics everything else went out the window he just knew how to keep the team happy to keep the team motivated. And I think it's still the same to his present day, whether he's managing the Premier League or the National League for Ireland or anybody. He keeps it simple and we respected him for that.
8: I mean, I think when I joined, we were in the conference. Sort of, we, had a, we had a good run under Jim um, that year. I think we sort of went about 20 games undefeated in the league. And I think we
6: were sort of pushing a
8: little bit for actually getting promotion. And then we lost, I think we lost in the quarter final, the FA Trophy that year. And our season sort of just drifted away. So we had a good nucleus, but probably lads who'd been there a while. And then um obviously when Martin came in, we suddenly started having a bit of a nucleus of, of younger fellas, um, maybe a little bit
3: more hungrier,
8: had a bit of a point to prove. I think that was mentioned at the dinner the other night, you know, and, and we got lucky in a way that the group came together when it did. Um, everyone got on really well and you know, it was a great it was a gradual progression, it wasn't a sort of immediate. Um, you know, it took us two, three years or whatever it was in the end to to actually get into the football
6: league once Martin had you know uh, taken over. I have to say, when I look back, I think well, maybe I was a bit lucky. I don't know, because we've had some really good goalkeepers. I mean, Paul Barron, who went on to play for Arsenal and Aston Villa, he was a good goalkeeper. He came there as a young chap, and um, he didn't uh, displace me, and. Uh, Some would have said he should have done, perhaps, I don't know, but he didn't displace me. And we've had several, really, even even, um, there was a goalkeeper called John Pratt, who was their reserve goalkeeper, and I would say no disrespect to John, but he was not the best squad goalkeeper we've had at Wickham. And uh, he went to Reading because um, I was offered a contract with Jack Mansell, the, the manager then, because they were short of goalkeepers, and uh, it wouldn't have paid me to have gone there, um, the money they offered me. And uh, John Pratt went there, and he said, well, I'll go there, because they need a goalkeeper desperately. I'm, you know, he was a teacher, so he could go back to his job at any time. And he went there, and believe it or not, he paid, and you can check the records on this, he played 40 games for the first team. And then he came come back to Wickham afterwards, when he's, he didn't they didn't renew his contract, and... Um, he was um, second string again, but um, so yeah, goalkeepers are important, and obviously Brian um, Brian could have got any goalkeeper in the country, amateur goalkeeper, but um, he stuck with me.
0: Martin loved us to attack. He wanted us to score goals, and he set his team up to score goals. And we had a lot of good attacking players. We had good defenders as well. Don't get me wrong, but we had a, some great attacking footballers in that team.
7: I mean. You can go on and on about naming them. I mean, you've got Steve Guppy, Simon Stapleton, Steve Thompson, Dave Carroll. Brilliant footballers. And really, like I've said before, really enjoying themselves. The good thing about it as well at Wickham was the other clubs didn't really know much about these sort of players because it was their first season in the Football League, so they didn't really know a lot about them. And um, that. They went on to a football pitch at the start of a the game. They always had a smile on their face.
0: Simon Garner, who, of course, was our most recent contributor, thanks to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, who we've spoken to recently, celebrating 30 years of being in the Football League. Some other brilliant names that you'd have heard there as well uh, from uh, a number of decades. I'm very pleased to say we can speak to uh, Edward Walker next. Hello, sir.
8: Hello.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, for taking the time to uh, to chat to us. Uh,
1: someone here to, to speak with you. Hello, Edward. It's Bob Massey here from Wickham Wanderers Supporters Trust.
8: Oh, hello. How are you? How are you? Yeah. Not oh, too bad, thank you.
1: Well, thank you for answering your phone. It's all very scary stuff because we've never done this live before. But I've got some good news for you.
8: All oh, right. Um, okay.
1: You are the winner of this oh, month's QBC Quarters Ball Club draw. Oh,
8: fantastic! Oh, that's amazing. Ah. Okay. That's a surprise.
1: <laughs> Well oh, done, brilliant. and 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 the amount that you've won is nine hundred oh, wow. and twenty-two pounds and forty p. That's nine hundred and twenty-two pounds and forty. That's
8: brilliant! Oh, brilliant! That is that is a good that is a good late Christmas present. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, no problem. <laughs> Delighted,
1: Edward. Uh, I don't think we know each other, um, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of um, how long have you been a Wickham fan, and are you a trust uh, member and all that sort of thing?
8: Yeah, so I. Uh, I can't remember when I joined the trust, but um, I've been a Wickham fan since the '90s, since the uh, Martin O'Neill days. Had a season ticket since then, Um, so probably thirty odd years. Probably thirty years is probably thirty years this year since I've had a season ticket, and I sit um, just below the uh, the Bill Turnbull gantry uh, in the main stand. um, The Frank Adams. The the terrace, yeah, Yeah. in the Frank Adams.
1: Excellent. And who do you come along to the games with?
8: um usually my mate damien um yeah da- da- and, Dam- uh, what's
1: damien's uh, surname let's give him a shout out damien
8: green
1: um yeah so uh, if he's listening <laughs> <laughs> that's not the former attorney general's name <laughs> uh, dominic grieve nearly oh, was close uh, <laughs> um and um so you've been a trust you're a trust member and how long have you been playing the uh, quarters ball club
5: um, not
8: that long actually I decided to, to start playing just to support the trust a bit um excellent a bit more and put some money into the into their coffers, so I'm very surprised
1: to win. <laughs> now now they're supporting you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um what what do you think you're going to do with your winnings
8: oh, I don't know, I haven't really thought. <laughs> <laughs> probably pay
1: for christmas <laughs> yes don't we know it and, and um well congratulations um alan Cecil, who i'm sure you know uh, will be in contact um shortly with to make arrangements to pay that money straight into your bank account so you should have it in the next couple of days but uh, many Fantastic. many 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 congratulations and just for perhaps people who, who perhaps haven't been to adams park uh, at all or perhaps haven't been for a while um, one of the things we're trying to, trying to get the word out there at the moment is that it's a great sort of place to sort of come along and um, and, and e- experience what a match day is like at a sort of like a family community club is that something that you'd sort of agree with? Oh
8: yeah yeah I mean I think it's a unique club in that in that respect um, and I think actually um, all the facilities that there are you know, kind of and have a have a drink before the game is much better than it ever used to be. Um, so yeah, I mean, my brother comes along to games quite frequently. Uh, we normally meet up beforehand, and um, there's plenty going on and around the ground. Um, yeah, so it's good. Um, in fact, my, I usually um, quite often, um, not necessarily this time of year, but also ride my bike to to the ground, and it and you know. That there's places to the park bike and yeah, it's just a good community feel about for they you know. And I would recommend anybody who wants to get down to Adams Park and uh, and if they haven't been for a while, I think it has changed and it has the facilities have improved a lot over the last few years.
1: Brilliant. Well, many, many congratulations. £922.40. Well done. Thank you for playing the QBC game. If anyone else out there wants to play along, uh, please go to our website. That's www.st.org.uk. So that's www.st.org.uk. And you can play in future months. But, Edward, for the time being, congratulations. And um, no doubt Thank see you, you perhaps on uh, – when is the next game? It's on uh, Bank New, Year's New Year's Day. Day. New Year's Day. So hopefully see you there.
5: Crystal Roses
1: absolutely well let's keep our fingers crossed that we can sort of turn things around and get three points on the board a bit like tomorrow night yeah
8: brilliant okay lovely you. to talk thank to you man, thank
1: man. you ed congratulations thank you very much
8: thank you
0: bye <laughs> uh, edward walker i generally think had no idea why we were calling I thought that was really nice to uh, to, <laughs> to surprise him uh, i don't think we can do that every week on the show but uh, it was really nice to be able to give someone uh, 922 pounds 40 and uh Bob, remind us how we can get in, uh, find out more if we'd like to be involved in future qbc draws
1: Um, yeah if you'd like to to take part it's it's done once a month you have the deadline each month is the 25th so this month it was christmas day um and but um it's two pounds a ball um the you can uh, play by direct debit or you can come to the trust table on a match day and buy individual balls but most people these days now like to do it via direct debit two pounds a ball to play as i say the money all goes towards uh, trust funds and i've explained where that money goes um if you'd like to take part please go to our website wwst we supporters trust wwst.org.uk that's wwst.org.uk Thank you very much for being on the show this week. Wish you a Happy New Year. My pleasure. And all the best to Alan, of course, to as well.
0: And uh, look forward to, to chatting to you and uh, finding out more about the Trust on future shows.
1: Thank you, Colin. been um, a pleasure to be here.
0: Bob Massey is the chairman of Wickham Wanderers Supporters Trust speaking to us here at Wickham Sound. And congratulations again to Edward, who is the QBC uh, Monthly Draw winner. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. <laughs> second part of the Wickham Wanderers show still to come we'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield uh, speaking to Sam Avery after the extra game and we'll look ahead to the trip to Leighton Orient tomorrow and of course as mentioned a little earlier on there's a big game at uh, Adams Park on New Year's Day uh, which uh, the club will uh, be definitely after your support for especially in the, uh, the recent run of form but first uh, we'll turn our attention to Wickham Wanderers women that Bob mentioned uh, the Trust uh, very much looking after Craig's with us thank you so much for joining us uh, compliments of the season to you
2: Hello, Colin. Yes, and I hope you had a festive time this uh, on the twenty fifth.
0: Yeah, it was very good indeed, thank you. Um, still, still not hungry after, <laughs> <laughs> after, after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eating chicken same. for a while. Uh, but uh, we spoke to you. Uh, was it last week? It was last week, wasn't it? On the show, and uh, the Witcher One are having a was. having a mid season break currently.
2: They are. The girls are having a well-deserved break and they're having a deserved break from their media duties as well. But, um, you know, safe to say there's there's plenty of things in place for them to sort of take the initiative themselves to sort of get ready. Um, I'm sure we're going to go over the fixtures soon because we've just had a, a batch of fixtures released um, coming up in, in sort of January. But we've, we've had an earlier game booked in on the 7th. And we didn't think we'd have a game that early, we thought our first game would be the fourteenth, so we've got one training session um squeezed and ready for next week and and then the girls will be will be back flying again up until when the end of the season finishes.
0: It must be really nice actually for them to kind of have a bit of a reset and, and assess to how far the season how the season's gone so far and, and look ahead to to the rest of the campaign
2: yeah, absolutely I mean let's just put it into perspective as well you know these are girls that all have full time jobs you know or they're at college or uni or you know, they've got lots of commitments outside of just playing football on a Sunday and training twice a week, you know, and these girls take it as, as seriously as, as a full-time professional would do. Um, so I can't imagine what it would be like if we had, you know, a game like the, like the men have have had to go through and, the, you know, a game on Boxing Day and then a game tomorrow night and then a game on Monday. You know, so this this rest is needed for them, not only like mentally but physically. Um, and then, you know, we've got a full full schedule um, all the way through till normally around April, and uh, that's where the season will finish.
0: Is it true there are two Christmas parties? <laughs>
2: there, there might have been two Christmas parties. <laughs> there might have been. Yeah, oh, well, that, that's that's possible.
0: Always after some behind the scenes news
2: yeah no there was there was two christmas parties there was there was one with everyone and then there was obviously as you know we've got a number of number of players that are are not 18 so i think that there was a, a family one and then there was a um an older one shall we say that was and uh less about to say that the better i think
0: <laughs> second showbiz element of the show this week we're doing well for showbiz news you mentioned a uh, fixture release so uh tell us what what's to come in in the new year
2: so, um, we've got another away game um, on the uh, 7th of January against Oxford City. Uh, had a good result there last season, winning uh, 4-2, I think it was. Katie Riddington scored a hat-trick, so a really good... Um Good ground for us and then our first home game since november um so quite a while um it will be the 14th of january against woodley um so quite a local a local one quite a few ex wickham players have gone to go and join woodley so um it's a, it's a great one to kick off life back at uh back at burnham for us um then we're away at Eastley on the 21st and then on the 28th we are definitely at home in the league cup we're just not sure yet on our opponents that's going to either be Eversley and California, which I know is a bit of a mouthful, or Eastley again. So there's a possibility we might have a back-to-back against Eastley Cup and League um, or a, a home game against Eversley and California.
0: Because the Cup has been really nice, is not it? Obviously, they the, the FA Cup run, but also in the League Cup, it, it looks like they're going really well as well, the County Cup, of course.
2: Yeah, County, County Cup um, was a close one. Um, Abingdon only just, only just beat us in the last minute. Um, that was practically going to penalties, and and um, the FA Cup. Obviously, we we got knocked out on and the, the final qualifying round. Um, but the League Cup was t- kind to us last year. You know, semi final last year, um, and a defeat to Ascot. Um, but then obviously we we righted that wrong and beat Ascot earlier this year in the in the cup, um, which was sort of a nice a nice touch for us. So. You know, there's there's nothing really stopping us at the moment in the, in the Cup. I think the girls feel really confident. I know the management team, um, you know, would love to win something. If, you know, this is our two year, two years' hard work from this new management team with with Carl. And, um, yeah, I think the League Cup is, is certainly a, a, a realistic target um, moving forward.
0: And obviously you've seen a lot of them. Do, do you really kind of notice the, the development in the team?
2: Yeah, you do. You do. You notice from from year on year, and, and even from from sort of game to game. Sometimes when when Carl tries something or different, or he's waiting a player to come back from injury, or or he's he's playing a certain playing a certain system, you can you can really see. And I mean, at the beginning of the season, we lost that game to Ascot. Um and then that was it. We were off on a six game unbeaten run which was, you know, two draws and then four wins. And there was three or four clean sheets in there as well. And, you know, you only have to compare that to this time last season. Um, and we've already got more points on the board, um, throughout just half of a season. And as we had for the whole of last season. So, you know, people can take my, my word for it and, and how well the girls are progressing and how well they're developing. But the proof is, the proof is in black and white, as they say, you know, it's, it's, you can just see for yourself. Um, you know, and as well, like our, our coverage as well of, of like, you know, you can see some action as well from highlights and stuff that we do. Um, but, you know, some of the, the football the girls are playing is is, is really good stuff. And, you know, for anyone thinking about, you know, coming down to, to Burnham or to maybe following us to a maybe an away game like a Woodley or an Oxford, or something a bit local, then um, they're going to see some really good football, Colin, that's for sure.
0: And something else that really comes across, just from speaking to the players alone, is that and, and you know it's sort of obviously following their results, is the, the togetherness and the, and the team spirit that they show. I think it was last season, wasn't it? There were a number of games where they were sort of four 0 down and really came back into those games.
2: Yeah, I mean it's not great, is it, having to having to try and wrestle back <laughs> three or four goals? But they 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 really did. I think that kind of shows how the team has grown. Like we were given teams three or four goals head start and then only just losing. Which just shows that that ability is there. It was just, it was just a bit of a a slow start. Whereas you know, this season, um, you know that togetherness is still there, and with Carl's added to that, and you know, we're now not giving teams that initiative. We're not giving them that that head start for us to then catch up. We are the ones going on the front foot, or if we are going one one behind, we're we're, we're pegging teams back. So. Yeah, the togetherness is is um is important and it's been a massive part of what Cole Carl, Carl and the girls have been building over the last two years.
0: And speaking to the players, it's really nice to ask them, but it'd be nice to ask you as well, what would you say are the real strengths of the team this season?
2: Um it, it you've pretty much just touched on it, just how together they are. Like, you know, before before games now, like Coffee Club, and that's that's big for uh, I've got to give Bobby a shout out for that, you know, Coffee Club, she really you know, really wanted that to be a thing. And she really, really, really wants that to be just part of the, the pre-game, um, you know, structure, you know, whether we're away, she'll find a, a coffee, coffee shop really close to the ground. Or if we're at home, um, we'll often meet at Burnham and, and have a we'll drink in the bar there before, um, coffee drink, that is not a not an alcoholic drink, <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, I think, you know, that togetherness and that preparation, that's, that's been huge for them from off and on the, on, on and off the pitch. Um, cause I know how much goes into it on the pitch and, and how detailed, you know, instructions are and, and, you know, Bobby's taken that leadership and as captain now, she takes that incredibly seriously. And you can, you know, that's also maybe part of the results as well, how, how the girls are together off the pitch and on the pitch.
0: And they're obviously really focused and really driven as well. And that comes across, we touched last week on some of the, the social media and it's great to see, you know, the videos, even of just, you know, them coming out to, to start a game, you, you can tell that they're, you know, really well prepared.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, they, uh, they, they, some of them will play up to that camera as well. When they see that <laughs> others will shy away a little bit, uh, but that's the personalities. That's what we want to see. Um, well, they're, they're ready, they're together. And, uh, I know they're all really looking forward to the second half of the season now,
0: and that's something that's come across so well from speaking to them as well. It's obviously the the individual characters, but how they come together collectively as well.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. They, you know, they are uh, some of them are from really different backgrounds, um, different ages, like we've like we've already sort of spoke about over the last few weeks. But you know, when they get on that pitch, it's you know they all know what to expect from each other and what they demand from themselves as well. But no, second half of the season is hopefully it, it it could possibly be very exciting for us. You know, we are uh, keeping our feet on the ground. We don't want you know. Last season was was um you know nobody expected it to be like that, but this season I think everyone's uh, a lot more positive and a lot more optimistic about where we can go in the next uh, three or four months.
0: So, some of those teams that you mentioned who are coming up in the near year are they are there particular games that you know that we can really look forward to in, in terms of you know hopefully getting good results against.
2: I mean, all of them really. I think you know Oxford. Um, Oxford are in our league, so we beat them last season. Uh, Woodley have just got promoted this season. They, they had a good start, but they're sort of kind of wobbling a little bit now. But that'll be a very good um, sort of localish derby. Like I said, there's been a, a number of girls that last season left us for Woodley, um, and. Uh, and, you know, I think that'll be, that'll be a, a good one. Uh, Eastleigh, we've we've played a couple of times and, and beat and, you know, and then depending on if we get Eastleigh again, but Eversley and California, I think they're in the same league as our under-23. So, again, that's a, that's a game we, we should be winning. So, you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't be having a clean sweep in, in January. Like, uh, I think if, if the players were looking at this, which I'm sure they are, and I'm sure the management team are as well, they can... You know, there's no reason why we shouldn't be having four wins to to kick off 2024.
0: And it'd be unfair to ask you if there are any particular players that we should be looking out for to uh, to be doing particularly well. <clears throat> are there any players that we should be looking out for oh. that, that do partic- might be doing particularly well?
2: <laughs> oh, I didn't think you were going to ask me that. Um, <laughs>
0: Don't want to put you on the spot or anything. Oh,
2: why no, not? Why not? Put, just, why just say not all put of them. Say all of them. The all of them, Colin. They're all, well, they're all—they are all brilliant. And you know, I—I I know I am going to sit on the fence here, and it might hurt myself by sitting on the fence. But, um, yeah, all of them—they're all—they're all great. And you know, even the ones that, that that you know that have been here, or the new ones, should I say, the new ones that have come in? You know, they've hit the ground running, and they've all—they've all brought up their, their their quality to another level. And you can you can actually see that that, which is for them probably quite quite pleasing, and certainly for the management team to see them lifting their their um, standards week to week and and month to month and and just constantly improving
0: Very diplomatic you've done well Uh, Looking forward to speaking more to more uh, of the (laughs) the players and the the management team as well and uh, wish Wickham Wanderers obviously uh, all the success for the remainder of the season Thank you so much for your time and remind us uh, where we can find out more about uh, the team the teams
2: the teams well yes of course i mean we have a youth team as well under 23s and under 18s which you can find um at wickham wanderers uh, youth on uh, instagram and twitter or x as we should probably refer to it these days um and again for the main team for the women's team the first team um again uh, wickham wanderers women on, on on x shall i say and instagram as well they're both of our main uh, platforms
0: well wish you a happy new year thank you so much for your time
2: Thank you very much Colin and happy new year for a couple of days.
0: Thank you so much indeed and uh, same to you. Uh, Craig from Wickham Wanderers Women speaking to us here at Wickham Sound. Finally on the Wickham Wanderers Show uh, we'll turn our attention to on the pitch. Manager Matt Blingfield was speaking to uh, Sam Avery after uh, the game at Exeter on Boxing Day.
3: Matt a disappointing result this afternoon. What went wrong today for your side?
4: I thought we were just off it actually if I'm honest first half. I thought we were just half a yard away from seconds when they dropped down. Just weren't quite compact and condensed in our shape enough. I thought we just played a little bit too open um, and ultimately those little moments then started to feed into a little bit of momentum for, for Exeter. Um, we corrected a couple of bits at half time and I thought we were better second half especially then we made the changes. Um, I thought we looked more of a threat. Um, actually their goal came at a time where I thought we were in the ascendancy a little bit. KP had a chance and um, yeah so that was ultimately really disappointing and then come so close at the end um, besides his disallowed goal <laughs> Dalo when he hits the um, cross of the bar on the post and then the penalty just um, yeah obviously the margins in winning and losing in football are um, invariably very close uh, and as we know recently they've been going against us and we have to make sure we turn that tie
3: as we know Exeter are a very energetic side they proved that on the opening day of the season is that what you just struggled to get to
4: grips with in the first half yeah quite possibly I mean obviously the game's come um, quick from, from Saturday they had an extra 24 hours recovery but there's I mean, no excuses, I f- felt like we freshened it up with a couple of fresh faces ready to go but we had enough experience and, and know-how out on the pitch to make sure we were, um, we were right in our shape so um, yeah, I thought that they looked um, they had an extra spring in their step first half um, but like I say, if you look at the, the chances we created Max, is, to be fair, has made a couple of really, really good saves you have to be fair about that um, I didn't like us as much today as I did on Saturday, but we're still going to create Some really, really good openings that unfortunately we weren't able to take.
3: Particularly at the end, you mentioned the disallowed goal, Delta Taylor hit the crossbar, the penalty as well. You've had onslaughts in games during this run, and another one this time really late on today.
4: Yeah, um, you know, we kind of made a few, few different adjustments that I thought worked in our favour today, and um, yeah, there's an onslaught at the end. Um, you know, like we said a couple of times, it's the it's the disallowed goal. Um, Dalo when he hit that strike and, and hit the you know f- the frame of the, the post, um, the penalty at the end, um, you know it's um, so close between. Said to the boys there the, the euphoria in the home dressing room off the back of a missed penalty and the you know what the despair was in our dressing room and despair would have been in their dressing room. It's such fine margins. You know we've not been steamrolled since um, early on in the season when we lost the first two games and. You know, such small margins have been going against us um, and we need to make sure we turn that in our favour. If not, um, it's the same old story for me.
3: Um, you've seen obviously the reaction at the end from the Exeter players and the staff and, and the fans as well. Can you use that as motivation? They've obviously been on a on a winless run. You know, At the end of that, do you think, we want that? We
4: want to feel like that full-time. Of course we do. We, you know, we had that moment at, at Derby and um, you know, we felt that that was the springboard we, what we wanted to use and the performance... Um, you know, on Saturday I thought was very good and everything points that it should have been a home win um, You know, and then um, they had that moment at the end, they've had that euphoric moment with a, a miss penalty and a, and a home win can bring so um, yeah we want more of those moments, it's, it's extremely disappointing for me and frustrating for me to see the players and supporters go through a time like this that they have but um, we have to show the character and the, and the desire to turn it around and I know we will because Ultimately, we've been in every single game during this run. We've been in every single one. Um, not enough have gone in our favour, and we have to make sure that uh, we, we turn more in our favour.
3: Another quick turnaround, of course. Leighton Orient away in a, a couple of days' time. What do you make of them as an opponent?
4: Yeah, good good team. Um, you know, we, we had a real good game against them earlier on in the season. I thought it was a real good game. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to be prepared and ready to go. It might look like a couple of changes to freshen up the legs because, you know, it's been too physically... Um, tough games for us in quick succession we've got the drive home we'll watch the game back uh, make sure we prepare for him we've got to be ready to go friday so um you know at this time of season i think it's probably a good thing that we've got a game to, to bounce back so quickly there's four changes going into this one and
3: welcome back came vincent young his first start since his injury in mid-september you're welcoming players back from injury but it's during a tough run of fixtures that are very all in quick succession so managing the players is even more difficult than it would be given any other winter
4: yeah, because ultimately you want to send what you believe is your strongest team out as often as you possibly can, but we're having to be really cautious with people who are coming back from, you know, especially hamstring injuries um, that Kane has and, and Vokesy has. Um, so we're having to be um, really careful with those guys. Um, you know, we had lost Chris Christopher you know, to illness this morning on the morning of the game, so we had to have a last-minute shuffle around. So it's, it's um, you know, it's part of, part of the challenges of the job. Um, it is what it is. We thought we'd freshen it up enough. To keep the continuity from Saturday, but, but come into what was going to be obviously a different environment and a different style again. So, um, yeah, a disappointing, disappointing day for us, um, but it could have been so close to something different.
0: Real nice to hear from the manager again. Of course, uh, positive. Uh, lots to look forward to. Uh, hopefully, it uh, sounds like uh, some of the players coming back. Uh, he spoke. If you heard uh, last week's show to Phil, sounds like with the January transfer window on the way very soon as well. There could be some uh, uh, some good news there as well. But uh, as you've been hearing, uh, eleven games in League One without a win. Hopefully, that will change late Norwich tomorrow night, seven forty-five kickoff. You'll hear the whole game live here on Wickham Sound and on Wanderers TV. Phil will be back from his br- uh, Christmas break. Uh, missed him on the show this week of course uh, but he'll bring you the whole game live uh, with uh, build up from the hour before and then of course on New Year's Day uh, hopefully there'll be fireworks uh, for the right reasons when Bristol Rovers visit uh, that of course is a 3 o'clock kickoff, and uh, that of course uh, followed by uh, Burton Albion away Uh, lots to look forward to there as well Uh, thank you so much for listening hope you've enjoyed our uh, In Between Christmas and New Year edition Uh, there'll be a podcast version of that available probably from around tomorrow lunchtime Uh, look forward to speaking with you more next week and hopefully we'll have some more positive news up the week.